Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. Chanel's just staring at her iPad. What with what my hands on my hips. With her I hands on her hips. I was looking how much. She's don't leaning. Don't put it on the pod. Don't put it on the pod. I was looking up how much you get paid. Oh, nice. For a sperm donation. Why can't we put it on the pod? To $500. Because it's going to sound so weird. I just started recording. It's like, oh, we're looking up. Yeah, <laughs> and we're talking about sperm donation. Uh, $250 to $500. Why per donation. Be, we could talk about spoon donation. Bad we don't say why we're talking about it, but that's that's interesting, isn't it? Is that so they go in and do one But it seems to be there's different or there's different prices. What? Another website says sperm donors can make up to twelve thousand dollars a year. Oh that's surely that's lying. Is that like a spam You'd be one? Exhausted. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Full time. I don't know. And then there's another. And what I, if, I don't know okay. if there's an American websites. I don't know. What if they're tricking men into coming in? No, they're not. Why does your mind have to think this? Yeah, no, yeah, because not everything crime. is a scam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're tricking men into coming in. They're secretly filming them. No. Doing it and no. then, you know, posting that for people to watch. But I have thought, I've stayed in a lot of hotels in my time. Surely one of them's had to be like apart from the ghost one from episode way back. That oh, would never with leave hidden me. cameras, right? I always think that has to be yes, because I also love Gordon uh, Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares. Oh. It's one of my favourite shows. Do you love it? It's so good. My God, I love <laughs> love it's Gordon so Ramsay. So good. Like it's always on late at night, and I love it. And the other day, uh, he was fitting a kitchen out with these hidden cameras but they were literally the size of cereal boxes I'm like people are seeing that and then he went in disguise as a cameraman it was quite obviously Gordon Ramsay um it was just the shittest thing ever but I loved it well I would be looking for teddy bears because that's always what you hear like in shows that there's the teddy bears oh yeah and vases of flowers the red flashing light yeah well is there is there anything like that is there like a light or a don't know. What are you looking for? Like they're t- just a tiny little pinhole. Yeah. You wouldn't know. No. Nah. Um, do we want mm. a bowel update for me? Please. <laughs> oh, good. I was about to say nobody wants that. Well, everyone on the yeah. pod's quite up to date with my health. So um, where do I start this from? I'll start from the fact that uh, I have colitis. I think everyone knows that, Bush. which basically means sometimes I need to break into a sprint to get to a bathroom. Now, see, that doesn't make sense. Why? If you need to go, yeah. surely all of your concentration is on moving at a slow and steady no, pace where you're sometimes. clenching. No, I'm clenching holding and in. running you sometimes. Don't, can you clench and run? It's a, it's a skill I've learned. All right. Get back to me when you've had two babies okay. and you are my yeah, age because it could be worse. there's nothing. It's just it's coming out. Yeah, it's it's like that <laughs> it's scene happening. in Bridesmaids. Like, it's, it's happening. It's happening. Not from that side, but yeah. you know, wetting yourself. Yeah, I'm not saying. Oh, this is a very sore this point at happens. the moment, isn't it, Kirsten? It, it sure is. Because they want me this? to do commercials on my show for, for this wet your pants, ladies. I've medication. heard it. I know I've they want it. me to do it like I've heard it. I've heard it. I said no. We less. They're all going to, everyone's going to listen and think that I am yes, sitting there wetting called, my pants. And I heard it the I'm other not. day and I heard, it's called We Less. Yeah, it is. Yeah, don't I can it see up, it. Please. Don't give them a free plug. They Sorry, I was it. almost said their no. name. I won't say their name. But yeah, I heard it on your radio station. I mean, the and control thought, strange. does sort of, you know, drift off a little your bit. Your radio station also has erectile dysfunction ads. Sure yeah, does. we get the occasional yeah. call about that. <laughs> men don't want to hear about it. But other men are secretly going, oh, I'm going to get onto that. Um, have that discreetly delivered to my door. Okay, so I what have... What about if they say it's discreetly delivered to the door, but it's, it's not? not. Like, it's not. Like, a clown. Everything is dumped at your front door. Stiffy medication is here. Correct, correct. Stiffy medication. I don't know. What's it called? Whatever it is they get. What do they get? Well, okay, so, yes, I have colitis, which results in me when I'm having a flare. I have to do poo tests a lot. Yeah. Yes, is it in this. Hotel California? What? Warm smell of colitis <laughs> rising what? up through the air. It would not be that. No, I think it is. Okay, so 
I had to go and do one and Googly. I had to do it. I had to get it done on company time, basically. Oh, okay. Which, oh, so you have to tell them. <laughs> which basically meant I, I had my, my little form, a little piece of paper that yes. says I need to do my Macau protectin test, which is your shit test. <laughs> and you have to go into the place and you have to get them to fill out your form and you pay for it. And then they give you the jar. How big is the jar? Okay, so yeah, how do you get uh, it in there? for our Australian listers, probably oh, it's bigger than fifty cent coin. It's like what? That's small. I know it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. Well, I can't think of what I can compare it to. That is it the little ones with the yellow lid? Like the, the yellow ones. You do wee well, samples. The, actually, in them. it's white with a brown lid. Oh. White with a brown lid. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I wonder if that's deliberate because the yellow ones with the yellow yeah. lid. Are the, Number one. But when you take the lid Your off. We shouldn't be yellow. It should be clear. That's very true. Mm. When you take the lid off, yeah. there's a scooper attached to the lid. <laughs> oh, so right? you catch it. Where you in... poop. Yep. So if my GI ever listens to this, he'll be mortified. But basically, I you have to get your poop test done before your appointment. So you've got something to – they have something yep. to look at during your appointment. I quite <laughs> clearly did not have my shit together. So <laughs> – and I wait. I wait, right? Because, like, with colitis, sometimes you can be, like, a little up and down. And when, like, your poo's really good, you're like, shit, that was a good poop. You want to use – you want to take – That's normal. I do that some days. That one. Mm. Let me tell you, get onto the oranges. Right. Yeah. <laughs> They help. They're little. They're fiber plus. So the morning, <laughs> it was like a Friday, and I think my test was on a the Tuesday next week. I was like, I have to get this test done today. I have no choice. I was so busy at work. I this is the story that I thought maybe I shouldn't tell. <laughs> so I was like, what am I going to do? I was like, I can't go get the container, and then come home do a poop. I'm going to have to go to work. So I'm like, I am going to have to. <laughs> no, no. I don't even want to go in the cubicle work anyway. So I pooped in the morning <laughs> in a different container and not a full poop. I just went a bit of a poop. How did you cut it off? How did you stop? <laughs> like how? <laughs> so because I've done this test so many times now, I like have a real you got good um, sphincter control. Yeah, good clench. Wow. Snap it off. To, Snap and run. <laughs> It was in a takeaway container. Oh, no. 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 And then I had to just like put it in a plastic bag (laughs) and like put it in my car, right? (laughs) And then, so then I go to um, the place and I give them my form and she's like, yep, so just go home in my mind. I'm thinking my poop's in my car, lady. I'm ready to go. And then as she's like filling it out, you know, they're fucking stamping and marking things and writing the date and she goes... Chanel Vella. Oh, no, oh, no, no, no. Why does this happen to me not, every time? Not at this time. She goes, you're on the news, aren't you? And I was like thinking, Christ alive. I was going to go. I was going to go to a bathroom, scoop my poop into the container, and bring this back. But now I cannot because, you know, I'm on the news. I was like, oh, yeah. She's like, oh. And you've got colitis, do you? Oh, don't. Yep, I do. What the yep, hell? three. And I go, yep, three years now. Yep, it's been a really great time. And she's like, oh, that's unfortunate, love. All right, well, I'll give you an ice pack and we'll send you on your way. I'll get the container for you, Dal. Oh, and you're like, that's how she's talking. I don't. I feel you know? as though she's too casual about the whole thing and I feel like she's going to casually mention it to her friends oh, at brunch. And then, and she was looking at me. She was really looking at my face like, <gasps> Yes, you are off the news, aren't you? All right, well, I'll get your container. Here it is. And I'll put a little ice pack in there and I'll zip it up for you. And you just do it uh, at home and you just you don't have to put it in your fridge. Just wrap the ice. And I'm thinking, oh, God, I can't bring it back here now. What am I going to do? So then my the next place I had to go to for work was like 20 minutes away. So I'm driving with my poop in the car. I'm dying. <laughs> driving. Yes. And then I thought I looked up. Because you can drop off at any other facility. So I was like, okay. So then I thought, okay, this this place has a, a bathroom next to it. So I had to hustle into the shopping centre with my poop, scoop my poop into the other container. What if, like, you'd fallen over and or, you know I how the contents know. of bags always so spill out? So things could go wrong with this. Scoop a poop into the other thing and then drop it off. And then when I dropped it off, I thought, 
they're going to know that the date yes. that I got this, yes. I've dropped it off like within the hour. Yes. <laughs> this is fresh. No. And anyway, I couldn't have been quicker when I got in there. I was like, <laughs> I opened the door. I was like, hello, just dropping off. And she goes, have you got all your forms then? Oh, no, I said, yeah, no. all the forms are in there. They're all signed. It's all done. I'm so busy. I'm so sorry. I've got to go. And I ran out of there so fast. Oh, my God. Yeah. So hang on, did you still have a container with remnants? I ditched it. Oh, where? In the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Why did you throw out the entire container or did you scoop what you the, the I contents into what was the in bowl? There, yep. Into the into the test thing. Okay. And then I tied it up uh-huh. in the plastic bag oh, and got rid of poor it. Oh girl. I don't want you to have to go through this. This is what people who have to give poop samples are going yeah, through. Yeah. This is what's happening. My best poop is in the morning, so that's the one I had to give them. <laughs> Why is it better in the morning? I don't know. Actually, yeah, it I is. love that one. Yeah. And I don't drink coffee. I used to drink coffee and you would sit and wait. Like you would have your breakfast. And you'd you're have brewing. a coffee and then, mm. yeah, then you're brewing. It's brewing and you yeah. just think, bang, there it is. It's ready. <laughs> But I'm a very immediate pooper. Like, if it, uh, no, we are not talking about poo on this podcast again. We've That's done it. this so many. We're done. Oh, it's hello, done. love. Oh, you're on the news. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <A> cross soak. <laughs> and everyone Anywhere else can other hear. Than here. See, I hate even saying my name when I'm at the. I went into the chemist the other day to get my flu jab. Oh yes, I've had mine too. But I don't want to say what. And what's your name? And I don't. Want, I never want to say my name really loudly. Or Do you just say Diane? Go, uh, Dunleavy. Yeah, Dunleavy. Dunleavy. Pardon. And you know how you can recognise yeah. your own name easily on a yep. list? Like yep. it was upside yep. down. Yep. Like, there was there. a stack of names. There. I didn't have my glasses on, but I'm going, there, there. Sarah, there. Yeah. It's there. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, do you want to do this first? Go first. Who's, who's going You're on first? the news. Uh, <laughs> 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 fucking fuck. <laughs> of all places. Um, no, I don't want to go first, I don't think. Okay, I'll go first then because I'm excited. Because I'm not organised. Because this is just bizarre, this story. Okay. Uh, in fact, this look is probably even strictly speaking not a dead body story as such, but it's just bizarre. First, uh, before I start, I need to tell you about a condition okay. called, I hope I get it right. Okay. Ectrodactyly. Ectrodactyly. Okay. Dactyly. Yeah. Ectrodactyly. So what it is, is do you ever do that thing when you're a kid where you put your hand up, you separate your little, like hold your hand oh, up yeah. as though you're going stop and then you separate your little finger and you go, look, I can do. Yeah. Okay, it's a space. Then, it's an alien sign. Yeah. So then do it where you split your fingers down the middle. There's two and two. I can't do that one. We'll try. I can't. Well, I'll do it and show you. So imagine. Oh, I can't do it. <laughs> I used to do that. So you do I have one to finger, two remove fingers. Them. It's good. Curse, can that. you do that? I think I'm can doing do it. That? Yes. So you hold up your hand up like a stop sign, and then split them down the middle. So you've got two fingers and two fingers as a V no. in the middle. I yep, can do that. Can you do that? Yep. Okay. So when you've got that, that is the condition. Now sometimes it can be two fingers fused, two fingers fused, and sometimes the fingers don't form properly. So what you end up with is people who have this condition have something like a claw. Oh. Yeah, their hands look like that. Oh, I do have a photo to show you in a little bit. So it's it's okay. quite rare. It's a congenital deformity, so, uh, and and they say that it makes people's hands look like lobster claws. Okay. Um, so this particular condition had been handed down through the genetics of a particular family in America, the Stiles family. Now they didn't see it as a handicap. They, from as early as the 1800s, so it had been in their family for over 100 years. So back in the 1800s, the family had lots of children with these unusual hands and also the feet as well. And sometimes the legs were not properly formed, but the feet would also be in this lobster claw formation, this V formation. Okay. And so they developed a circus and it was their choice. They called themselves the lobster family. I'm, I'm so torn about this story because... My my feelings for them that they felt that that was their only option, option. yeah, or, right. But at the same time, if they're comfortable with the way they are and they're happy to publicly go out and make money from it, sure. And they don't have to do anything. They don't have to train to be in a circus. They don't have to like learn, you know yeah. keep fit or anything. They just have to sit there and let people stare at them, which is horrible. 
but they're using something that's in their family. And you would think in the 1800s they wouldn't have, and nobody would have known what caused it, how to treat sure. it. Um, so they were making money from it. And basically, this is back in the days when there were circus freak shows. Yeah. And, whoa, the go Googling I was doing for this story. I mean, just Google freak show and look at some of the pictures that come up of what used to be. They had actually mentally unwell people. Oh, all sorts. Who they just kept as yeah. almost creatures. Yeah. And some were happy to be part of a circus and be making yeah. money from um, – but they even had like grossly overweight people. It yeah. was like come and laugh at the, the lady who's, you know, 300 kilos oh my gosh. or pounds yeah. or whatever they called it in those days. Or But there were people with like tiny – is it in, not encephalitis or maybe it is that where they're born with the tiny, tiny – the head's about the size of a lemon. Yeah. Um, yeah, so back in those days, that was something that happened in circuses that they would, have, or they would have just a travelling freak show, and people would come and look and pay their money for that. Yep. So anyway, one member of this particular uh, Styles family who all had this condition was Grady Styles Jr. He was born in Pittsburgh in 1937, and his father was part of the freak show circuit, and he brought his children, the ones that had this ectrodactyly to into the act. So Grady Styles Jr.'s was quite severe. So his hands were in that formation, but he also had it in his feet. So he couldn't okay. walk. He was in a wheelchair. But he was known as Lobster Boy. Oh, It's just beyond, isn't it? For most of his life, got around a wheelchair. He learned to use his, and, and this is something you often find with people in a wheelchair, they become incredibly strong in their upper body because they're using sure. their arms and upper body to move themselves around. If he wasn't in the chair, he'd move himself around on the floor. So he was really strong in the upper body. Um, in fact, it was said that as he grew up, he became alarmingly strong. So Grady Styles Jr. and his family, they toured with the carnival circuit and in the off season, they'd go down and live with other carnies, carnival people down in Florida in Gibsonton. So the family did really well. They made a lot of money from showing themselves as the lobster family and lobster boy. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I said, they didn't need to perform as such. They just had to bear other people, you know, looking at them yeah. as, as freaks. It's so, yeah, it's hard to get your head around, isn't it? Um, at this, where they were in, in Florida, Grady fell in love with another carnival worker, a young woman named Maria. Um, she'd run away to join the circus. She wasn't part of an act. She was just a staff member. And she fell in love with Grady and they got married. And they had two children. One of their children had ectrodactyly and joined the sideshow. And the other one didn't have the condition. Now, Grady drank heavily. And apparently he became abusive toward his wife and children. And I just want to pause there and think, you know, how this case, given this was in the 1930s, how it would be looked at today. I mean, his drinking problem, does that stem from what he has had to endure? endure. And yeah, absolutely. And imagine just having people jeer at you. Yeah. Or, or hear them talk about you or yeah. laugh at you. Yeah. Or, yeah. So for whatever reason, he drank heavily and that made him abusive towards his wife and his children and I'm not excusing him because sure. you choose to take that drink but I can also understand how he probably reached for that bottle in the first place mm. um, at one point though it's said that he had such powerful upper body strength that he used his claw like hand to pull his wife's IUD out of her oh. during a fight and he'd use his hands to choke her and again like his hands were actually you know, that's like they were designed to choke someone, yeah. which is awful. Uh, when his daughter Donna was a teenager, she fell in love with a, a young man and Lobster Boy did not approve of this young man and no one's sure exactly what happened, but for whatever reason, Grady went to see Donna's fiancé at his home or he may have invited the boy over to his place. And it, this was the day before the wedding and apparently it was disguised as, oh, I want to see you to give you my blessing. But he took a shotgun and he murdered his daughter's fiancé in cold blood. Wow. So he went to trial in 1979 and he admitted that he had no remorse for his actions. But he said that he couldn't be put into jail because there was no jail that was able to deal with his him. yeah, yeah his okay. disability. Yeah, and th that to confine him would probably be unnecessarily cruel as a punishment for him. Sure. 
by this time he had cirrhosis of the liver from all the drinking and he had emphysema because he'd been a heavy smoker all his life as well. Okay. I'm just trying to think how he would hold the cigarette. In the, in the middle I suppose there. he would adapt, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's normal to um, that feeling to them. So, look, they conceded, yes, it would, didn't make sense to jail him. So they gave him 15 years probation and they let him go home. So... Lobster Boy, I'm calling him that and I feel bad calling him that. I think I've changed it to, to Grady. Um, he divorced his first wife. He remarried another woman and had two more children, but they were also subjected to his drunken rampages. So eventually his second wife divorced him as well. So here's a big plot twist. Oh. In 1989, his first wife, Maria, remarried him. Oh. Maria, what are you doing? Okay. She hasn't grown any sense in okay. that time. Hmm. Okay. So um, part of the, him getting out of that prison sentence was that he also felt that he was above the law. Sure. He felt he was untouchable because yeah. he'd been told, well, we can't really jail you. He's now thinking, well, well you can't jail me. Untouchable. Can't do. Yeah. So he started to beat Maria again and the beatings became more severe. And at one point, Maria reached her breaking point. So she paid her 17-year-old neighbour, a kid called Chris Wyant, $1,500 to kill Grady. Oh. And her son from another marriage helped with the plan. So Chris Wyant went to Grady's trailer and shot him dead at point blank range. And all three of them admitted to being part of the plot. Maria said, my husband was going to kill my family. I believe that from the bottom of my heart. So the neighbor, Chris, was convicted of second degree murder. He was sentenced to 27 years in prison. Maria and her son, Glenn, were both found guilty of first-degree murder. She got 12 years. She appealed uh, and eventually started her sentence in February of 1997. And her son, Glenn, got life. So um, Grady had been so disliked, not just in his family, but with pretty much everyone who ever met him, that only 10 people came to his funeral. And when the um, funeral director wanted some volunteers to carry the coffin, nobody would be a pallbearer. So they had to use staff to do it. I've got a photo to show you of Grady when he was young. Oh. But even that disturbs even... me. What do you sort of read in his face? We'll put this up on our social media. Yeah, he's a little bit um, – it's a bit smug, isn't it? Well, I think he's being asked to look maybe menacing, but there's also just a look in his eyes of just this is what I have to do. Like he's do doing – He's obviously been told to pose your lobster boy. We want people to come and see you. But there's a look in the eyes that says to me this is not – but it's actually not even like your fingers are fused together. His hands are claws. Yes. So he's having – so in some yeah. cases it can be that the fingers fuse in two yeah. pairs, but in other times it's they're like not. It's like he's got yeah. two big fingers that make a V shape. Uh, I've got another photo here of when he was a bit older. And again, there's just a look of – Oh, there he a, looks a bit defeated to be honest. Yeah, that's, that's it. Thank there you. That's he looks defeated. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so there's there is because the previous photo there's a bit of a smirk, but it could be a bit of a like a. They might have said, you know, look menacing or look smile or something. So there is a book about him if you do want to read more. Lobster Boy, The Bizarre Life and Brutal Death of Grady Styles Jr. Silverchair, the band, the Aussie band, they had an album called Freak Show, and they've actually used his image on the front cover of that. So his son. Grady Styles the third, he also inherited the condition and he had toured with his dad as the Lobster family and he spoke about Grady Styles on an episode of a show called Freak Show that aired in 2014 and he said, I'm not a fan of my dad as a person. My father was a racist and abusive. When I cried, he was like, I'll give you a reason to cry and he said how his father would often sort of swat at people with his hands oh. and he would headbutt people in anger. How did he do that if he was in a wheelchair or on the floor? Not sure. Yeah. But he, he basically said that alcohol brought out the worst in his father. And he he himself, the son of Grady Styles, he said he, he lived a really difficult life. And he says he wishes he could say to his father, thank you for showing me who not to be. And maybe you can appreciate who I became because of that. You were a drunken bastard, but you were my dad. So It's yeah. such a sad story. 
It's so sad. I think that they felt that was their only way to be anything, to make any money in life. And I wonder how, I don't know how people with that condition are treated now. And it is still a thing, ectrodactyly, known as split hand foot malformation. So characterised by absence or malformation of one or more of the fingers or toes. Usually the middle fingers or toes are affected. Oh, so the, the actual middle fingers are missing. All four hands, oh, all yeah, four hands and feet may be affected. I actually don't know what would be able to be done. So it's, be, it's listed on an article along with cleft palate and, um, and similar conditions, syndromes or genetic disorders. Hmm. I don't know what they would be able to do. Well, there you are. Okay. We've all learned something today. We have. Hmm. All right. We are in May of 2020. Okay. Oh, recent. Quite recent. Uh, And we're going to Gloucestershire. (laughs) Where? I can't say it. Is it Gloucestershire or Gloucestershire? Yeah, it's Gloucestershire. Oh, no, I can't say it I thought you said Glosh. Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire, near the England-Wales border. And specifically, we are near the Forest of Dean for this story. And we are starting with a car that is driving near the Forest of Dean. Now, it's a suspicious car. And it's suspicious because at the time, this area was in COVID lockdown. So people shouldn't have been driving around. Mm. There's no traffic on the roads. So when you see a road car, I think we all became a bit like that in lockdown, right? You'd be like, what that, what's that person doing? What are they doing? Why aren't they wearing their mask? Like we all got a bit dibba-dobba, you know? So a member of the public reported their suspicions to police about this car being driven erratically on the A4136 road near Colford in the Forest of Dean. Local officers attended and they spoke to the driver who said he was waiting for a friend. He was fined for a breach of COVID-19 regulations as his vehicle was registered to Wolverhampton. So he was obviously outside of... Yeah, his bubble. His bubble, correct. Mm. I've forgotten that word, the bubble. Mm. At around 11pm, officers then located a woman nearby on the B4228 near the entrance of Stowfield Quarry. She had two suitcases with her at the side of the road and that woman was uh, Garika Kanita Gordon, 27 and, years old. And was she packed to go on a holiday on, a, on uh, one of those flights that weren't taking off Yes, well, correct. That's a good thought. Why would she have suitcases? Uh, so due to the late time of the night, they were initially concerned for Gordon's welfare. She's on the side of the road with two suitcases. However, this soon turned suspicious when she tried to stop officers from opening the two suitcases. <laughs> we do have audio here um, of officers' body cam from when they spoke to her. You're going to get arrested for obstructing police. All right, I don't want to. I don't want to stop you guys. You are. You are stopping. You are stopping us. Okay, can I just? Can I just explain? Because as as I, as I said before, as I said before, like I don't. I've had, Step away, I've please. Had, I've had issues with that. With Step people. away, please. Just stand there. What the? Right. How about that? I could not find that body cam without that music on it. And I searched everywhere for it without the music. So I apologize. I could not find it. So basically, these officers are trying to say, we need to look through the suitcases. She's going, I just want to explain first. I just, and she's trying to stop them. She's putting her arms out. She's trying to stop them. They're going, step away from the bags because then it's all sort of getting weird. And she's going, I just want to explain. I've had some problems. I wouldn't do that. I would say, yeah, go ahead. But I would run. Like when they're facing the suitcases, getting their tools, trying to open them. So they open them and they find this dismembered body. And you kind of hear it there. The officer, they beep him, but he says, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Because they've found this body. Um, so Gordon was arrested immediately on suspicion of murder. She was taken into police custody. And following that initial investigation, um, she was soon charged with murder and remanded into custody. The case was handed to the West Midlands Police and using DNA, it was discovered that the body in the suitcase was that of 28-year-old Phoenix Nets. Phoenix was living in a women's refuge. Refuge? 
refuge saying anything. at the time of her death. And police quickly discovered that Gordon was also living at that women's refuge. Uh, the Mail Online actually found out that Phoenix had previously ended her dream of becoming a paramedic after dropping out of university and she'd fallen into drugs. Um, she loved Louis Thoreau documentaries and a friend said yes. that she right. Of course she does. Everyone does. And a friend said, I remember her joking about getting a T-shirt that said, we're going to get Thoreau this. We're going to get Thoreau this. Oh, that's like, good. Through this, Have you ever this. seen, I think it's a Twitter account. It might be an Insta account. I can't remember, but the no context Louis Thoreau. No. Oh, it's, it's, I think it's a Twitter account. His rap is actually going viral at the moment. He did a rap oh, when really? he spent an episode with, yeah, it's going viral. Uh, no context, Louis, I think it is. Hang on. And it would just be scenes. Now I'm saying it. I can't remember how good it actually is. Mm, I hate when that happens. Uh, no context, Louis. Oh, there's a couple of different ones. No, that one's only got... Anyway, look anyway. it up yourself. Okay. Be Before amused. university... Uh, Miss Nets fell into drugs. She dated a drug dealer. She regularly smoked marijuana before she started taking acid, cocaine, and MDMA. So why did all of this happen? We have to go back to February 2020, and that's when Gordon had demanded sex from Miss Nets and became physically aggressive, pushing her around a room when she refused. That sexual interest continued into April when Phoenix told a friend about Gordon's behavior mm. and had said that it was starting to scare her. She wrote in a text message, there's a girl here who keeps asking me to be sexual. I think I'm going to have to move back to London. It's scaring me. Lol. It is thought that Phoenix was killed on the 16th of April, weeks before she was discovered. Oh, dear. Uh, she had suffered multiple stab wounds. Another woman living in the shared accommodation unit with Miss Nets and Gordon heard noises. She heard drilling. She heard banging as well as shouts of help me, help me on April 16th. Do you think it was drilling or was it like some sort of power tool? The next day, on April 17, it's believed that Gordon then cut her body into six parts with a circular saw that Again, she bought on, on Gumtree for £45 just six. after the murder. I know, head. we always do this. Head. Arm, arm. That's three. Leg, leg. Four, five, six. Torso. Yeah, torso. Yeah, okay. Because the torso is the tricky one, although I think you can get it at the oh, middle. But then you've got Do you know what? The, the whole tricky thing is the amount. I, don't, I think anyone that would cut up a dead body would underestimate how much of a mess it's yeah. going to make. Mm. So on April 18, Gordon used uh, Miss Nett's phone to send messages to her family, friends and a housing officer telling them she was fine and she was going back to London. Colleagues in West Midlands Police carried out an extensive CCTV trawl which tracked Gordon's movements. On April 20, Gordon arranged for a waste disposal company to come and collect carpet and possessions of Ms. Nets, mm. and she ordered industrial strength bleach online. She's really leaving a paper trail, though. Yep. Right? On April 25, she pays a man called uh, Mahesh Sorathia to drive her to Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire. Why can't I say it? Is she doing all of this during lockdown? So, like, it's... Yeah. Everyone, all your neighbours are there. Yeah. So she pays Seeing this man stuff going on. to drive with suitcases containing Ms. Nett's body. Mm. She moves the body from Birmingham to West Bromwich. She stored the body there for a number of days before hiring a taxi to transport the suitcases to the Forest of Dean and the Colford area. Ms. Nett's remains were stored within the Forest of Dean for weeks with Gordon taking both trains and taxis between there and Birmingham. Uh, she purchased a petrol can from a station in Birmingham on May 10, which she filled with petrol, and on May 12, she travelled to Colford with it. So this is like a... What's the petrol for? Was she going to burn the suitcases? Well, police, police, police believe she tried to, to set fire to Miss Nett's body that evening. Oh. So she's cut her up. Oh. So she stabbed her. She's cut her up. Then she's transported her body. Yeah. Then it's been a process over days of, of getting petrol, going back but there, getting taxis. But that's another stupid thing, and we've discussed this before, and I think that was that episode where they tried to uh, cremate their mate's body. I can't yeah. understand the singer in America. It takes a very high temperature. Well, so oh, no. police believe she tried to set fire to Miss Nett's body that evening of May 12, but it failed. She couldn't – she thought, I think I can only assume – 
or guess that she thought it was going to be dust and it clearly wasn't. So she puts the body back in the suitcases before making arrangements for her to be picked up and potentially taken to an area of Wales where police believe that she was going to leave the body, but she's being caught in the meantime. On April 12, Gordon pleaded guilty to Phoenix's murder and was sentenced at a Bristol Crown Court. Uh, Detective Chief Inspector John Turner, who led the initial investigation, said, I can only hope that today's sentence will give Phoenix family and friends some kind of comfort as they try to come to terms with their loss Mm. and our thoughts remain with them. This has been an extremely distressing investigation, which not only impacted the officers who first attended the scene, Mm. but also of those who have been involved in this complex case. Would you want to know if you were the family? Would you want to know all those details? It's hard to know. You can't put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. Well, and the fact is that, like, she's just doing this thinking, what am I going to do next? I'm going to have to cut her up, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, They said in court that uh, as the investigation unfolded, it became clear that Gordon had come up with an elaborate plan in order to try and hide her abhorrent actions. She is truly the most callous, calculating and evil person I have ever dealt with. And for some reason, I haven't put a sentence in there. I think it's the opposite, that she didn't have a good plan. It sounds like she just lurched from one stuff up to the next. But I guess in a court they would say you had so many moments over those days. Where she could have said, I've done something terrible. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so and don't go didn't. and buy the bleach, don't go and buy the petrol. Yeah, gotcha, Yes, gotcha. so she was sentenced to life with a minimum term of 23 years and six months. Yeah, good. Mm. Wow. Wow. Dramatic. And um, not that long footage. ago as well, right? Yeah. This is like two years ago, pre-COVID. It's a dumb time to do a murder, isn't it? I a very think so. dumb time. Although I suppose you know people were trapped in close quarters with people that they weren't getting yeah. on with, or so. Yeah, and that's the whole thing about the pan- uh, the pandemic as well. And it's probably just not exclusive to Victoria, but the amount of domestic violence that was happening behind yeah. closed doors, children couldn't be checked on, all those sorts of things, and yeah. then people just go back out into the world. Yeah. Why do they always take a suitcase? Well, because what else would you move a body in if it wasn't a suitcase? Because it's very convenient with the wheels. Oh, that's a place. <laughs> and a handle. Yes. Yeah. What else are you moving them in? Can't anything, go a cardboard box because it'll leak. Anything else is past. suspicious, right? Like it's not – I've also realised through my internet trawling that people in like New York put all their dirty washing in a suitcase and they roll their suitcase to the laundromat. Oh, do they? Yes, because it's very easy. So oh. it wouldn't – it doesn't look suspicious. But I was in a man's garage the other week and for work. That's weird. Yeah. No, anyway. It was for work. It was for work. We were shooting this solar panel story. Anyway, and we had to go into his garage to shoot the inverter thing on the wall. And he had two massive drums in his garage. Oh, sus. Yeah, two massive drums. And I said to my cameraman, you could fit a body in that. Snowtown. Yeah. And he yeah. looked at it and he goes, yeah, you could actually. Yeah. Mm. And put. Uh, is it lime that they put it's on? It's lime. Yeah. yeah. And there'll be no trace of it in the end. Should we do some feedback? Let's have a go at a couple. Let's have a bit of a, bit of a dash at it. Okay. Um, oh, you didn't want I've that said, one? Well, I, this is the one with the dog thing. <laughs> oh, no. Does Kirst know about this? No. Kirst doesn't know about it. Okay. No. Well, do you want to do it or not? Do I do it and recover or do we do it? No, I won't cry. I won't cry. Okay. Okay. So what it is, Kirst, it's, it's, I haven't seen the poem yet. There is a poem. Um, about a dog? About dogs. Oh. And I reckon I can't get through it without crying. No, you Maybe. won't. You won't. But now that I've said, now that I'm expecting to cry, I don't think I will. Okay. So it's from Bridget. Hi, Dee Dee, Chanel and Kirsten. I like it when people get Kirsten's name right because some people say Kristen. Or Kirsten or, or yeah. Kirsten. Kirsten. Christy. Yeah. I think they just, yeah, anyway. I had a politician that was confidently calling me Shana (laughs) (laughs) in an interview that was an exclusive interview. I had to keep clipping out because he'd talk about things, and this is not the topic that I was interviewing him on, but he'd say, and the trees are there, and Shana, as you can see, we've planted them. Like, no, you're saying it right in the middle of the grab. I occasionally get Deirdre. All right, I can tell this one on the pod. I couldn't do it on air the other day. Oh, I've just seen something. So the Easter Bunny, even though my children are in their mid-20s, they insist that the Easter Bunny hide eggs all over the house. And in the, and is there one? There is one, yes. Uh, 
the, and the next morning they, you know, big kids, they're big. They go around the house and they always miss some. And the Easter yeah. Bunny, not me, yeah. the actual Easter Bunny, he then does these things in the weeks after Easter go, saying, riddle me this and he'll do a little oh, riddle that will give okay. you a clue. I've just looked across it. There's a silver candelabra on this dining table. Look in the yeah. middle. Oh, there is too. Okay, we'll keep that there. You can ri- do a riddle for you. And your there's actually a couple in this house. I saw one the other day. There's one on the windowsill in the kitchen that I noticed when I was opening the curtains. Oh, they haven't found that, that one, one yet. yet. Okay. And there's a couple that have been there for years. You've but bought the good stuff there. too. It's yeah. Cadbury. That's fresh. Well, please help yourself. I, I can't even eat chocolate too early. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Oh, okay, just on names. And I couldn't say the name of this person the other day on air, Kirsten, because I didn't think I should. This subject came up, but I'll do it on the podcast. Are you going to say it now? Yes. Have you seen the movie Kenny? Yes. It's a very funny Australian movie. If you haven't seen it, please do. Yes. Um, And he's a guy that his job is collecting the porter toilets, the porterloos. Porterloos. And and it's wonderful. It's a great movie. So um, Shane Jacobson, the actor who plays Kenny, is the loveliest man. I've heard this. Yes, I've heard he's wonderful. He is. He's gorgeous. And he um, goes to his local petrol station where the guy behind the counter is lovely and friendly, but he calls Shane Kenny. He thinks his name is Kenny. His name is Kenny. Yes. And Shane doesn't have the heart to correct him. I do this all the time. And the guy has sort of corrected himself a little bit. Yes. Because he wants to be respectful because it's a famous actor coming into his service station. Yes. And he now just calls him Ken. Yeah. See, He doesn't want to be overly familiar. Kenny has called him Ken. This happens to me often and then I ignore it because I don't like to correct people and it's fine like I get it it's it's Sharon and Narelle in one name it's difficult so and then it will only be until I turn up to that place with someone else and they'll go just the usual oat latte Shana and then someone will go that's not her name and I'm like oh no leave her alone yeah yeah especially if they've been saying it multiple times other people get angry about your name being said wrong more than you from Bridget. Hi, Dee Chanel and Kirsten. Nice things, nice things. I absolutely love your podcast. It's good. I like getting them. I've yep. been listening since you started and I'm so happy to hear your voices again this oh. year. Quick apology. Whoa, oh, a door just slammed Jesus. somewhere in my house. Scared the um, bejesus out of ghost me. Ghost or something. Um, spasmodic again, as we've underlined this podcast. We will continue, but it'll yep. just be all over the freaking shop. Yeah. All right. Uh, Bridget says... I know it's been a while since Harvey passed away. Yes, it has. Uh, in May, it will be two years. But I found this beautiful poem, which I felt perfectly encapsulated Dee Dee's sentiment about losing her beloved pup. I know firsthand the pain of losing a pet, and I hope these words articulate it. Image attached. The image is the, the poem. poem. Can't wait for more awesome content. Oh, shit. What if it's not awesome, what we've done? I don't know. This is all we can do. I was wetting myself laughing. Oh, well, there you are. She can get the wee stop. Yes, I was wetting myself laughing at Chanel's reenactment of the feedback from Joey. Great stuff. Love your biggest fan from Sydney. Oh, that's nice. Uh, Bridget. All right, shall I have a go at it? Yeah. I don't reckon I'll cry because I'm expecting to. Okay. My forever pet. There's something missing in my home. I feel it day and night. I know it will take the time and strength before things feel quite right. But just for now, I need to mourn. My heart, it needs to mend. Though some may say, it's just a pet. I know I've lost my friend. You've brought such laughter to my home and richness to my days. A constant friend through joy or loss with gentle loving ways. Companion, friend and confidant, a friend I won't forget. You'll live forever in my heart, my sweet forever pet. And and that's by Suzanne Taylor. And I did it. Yay. I was getting ready to scream. If you were going to cry, I was going to go so that you did it. So I shocked you out of it. That's actually good. That's, That's good. good. That's uh, good. Do you think you'll ever be ready to get another dog? I have had two dreams lately. Yeah. One was um, that I was in England, and there was a there was something else. I can't remember what that was. And there was a little uh, puppy golden retriever, and somebody had painted its back, its fur, oh. all yellow. Oh. And somebody grabbed the puppy and threw it into a 
um, like a child's wading pool of okay. water, but the water was cold, and they oh. were trying to they were sort of scritching their fingers through the yeah. fur, trying to wash the thing off. And I said, "You'll make him cold. You'll make him cold." And I grabbed the puppy and I held it to my chest, and the puppy sort of scrunched in in my it's neck, time. and I was mm-hmm. hugging, it's going, time, "It's all right. It's, it's all right." And I, yeah, and it was, but it was cold because it was wet. But yeah. then I realised that in the bed. Somebody who will remain nameless because they've been attacked a few times on this podcast and <laughs> honestly, the poor bastard. I don't think he did it on purpose, but he had taken the doona. I was only half doonered. And so it was obviously the cold. So you were cold. Yes. You and I attack our partners on this podcast. Kirst does not. Quite a lot. Yeah. She, I'm, I'm no, smart. I'm smart about it. You're smart. <laughs> she's perfect because she's perfect. That's why. Yeah. Uh, Give it to that baby though, Kirsten, if you feel you need to. (laughs) Like seriously, who wants to be woken up in the middle of the night? If you want to give her a slap, do it. Okay. So I think this is the universe telling you that it's time. Yes. Yes. And then there was a second one the other day with a puppy. I can't remember. Did I tell you when I got to work, Kirsten? I can't remember. Because you're never replacing a pet that has passed. You're simply ensuring that another pet has a wonderful life. Yes. I know. I know. Yeah, I had a second puppy dream where I was holding the puppet like it was a baby there's just that feeling of it's all right you're safe they just mummy's got you like so someone wrote in a couple of months ago now saying that like they've been with us through everything through barry trying to off himself a hundred times basically (laughs) so barry has recently tried to off himself again Uh, was that after the tampon incident because that must have been so stressful for them um he's recently tried to off himself again we put him on the meds i was really rigorous about it he's great again anyway but the way that dog loves me is unbeatable and the fact that he loves me more than he loves nico just open the damn chocolate because i know you want it you've been rustling the paper (laughs) open it just open it this is the time oh you fucking dropped it on the floor then okay yeah okay now you've got your chocolate now i don't know which end to have the white head or the brown legs right um and the fact that like if they sleep on the bed, mm. the second I move or flutter an eye, Barry comes over and he stretches his whole body all over mm. me and he comes and sniffs my face and he never does it with Nicholas. And if we have an argument, I think I've said this before, they follow me. Yeah, good. Yeah. Mm. And it's and like it's like having an army. Yeah. <laughs> and Nicholas goes, we're go leaving. on. Yeah, correct. I'm popular. Come on, guys. You're we're, not, your we're point out of view, of here. not popular. My yeah. point of view, popular. Yeah. And the way even like Bruce watches me on the couch, he's always that little 2.5 kilo dog must have such anxiety in his little body because he's constantly poised to see if I'm going to bed because he doesn't want to miss out. So if I even just get up to make a tea, he's like, oh, shit, is she going to go to the bedroom? No, she just goes, oh, gosh, she's just going to the kitchen. Okay, I'll stand down. I'll stand down. But it's just like you need that in your life. Yes, that feeling of being wanted. I do. I do need it. I think I'm just going to wait until the overseas travel bit's done. What's the overseas travel bit? Oh, don't even start me. Oh, you're going away. I want to go, but I want to fly <laughs> yeah. to New York. But It's all... not that easy. And but... I've, can I just tell you, we may have some New York listeners, but I recently had friends that came back from New York a week ago, and they said it is not the New York la, you la, know la, and la, love. La, la, la. Not I know, it. but I'm trying to tell you this because I know what experience you want to have. And I'll, I believe, from what they've told me, a lot of restaurants are shut, a lot of places are shut, and crime is still through the roof. I'm going to give it another year. Okay. Not because I don't love New York and I don't want to go back to it, because I do, and I also want to go back to San Francisco, despite it's it's got its issues as well. Um, We've got our issues too. Used to be able to get a flight into JFK, landing at about five pm. Yes, the world has changed. We've spoken about what a terrible person I am on a plane. I'm vomit (laughs) constantly, (laughs) really bad. And you're upset because that flight no longer exists, does it? You can only arrive at about 6 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. Now, that city does not need me turning up and also, all vomity and needing to sleep this is the at 6 thing. a.m. This is the thing. You can't check in until That's right. 2. Yeah. What are you doing? You You're walking the street out. with suitcases. Nobody <laughs> needs that. No, yeah. That city can't cope. That city's been through a lot, but it can't cope with that. All Should right. we get through some more feedback? Yeah, please do. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do oh, – this is quite long. Some That's an entire story. We'll pick a shorter one then. Oh, okay. Sorry. We'll do this one. Jesus. Okay. Hi, ladies. As ever, unlimited nice things, nice things. Like the unlimited pack of tampons. I meant to say tampons. I meant Tim Tams. Okay. I'm a bit late to the podcast. I'm only up to episode 60. Oh, 
she's got a lot to catch up on. But I already think it taps perfectly into the psychology around death and morbid curiosity, which I think most people has have, as dying is one of the few certainties in life, along with taxes. Anyway, my dead body story. Do you know how I'm struggling to read this? Look how small the font is. I actually thought you'd be okay with it. We read everything on size 18 and this is size 2. Why did you pick the tiniest writing? It's like an app? I don't know. Anyway, my dead body story came from my sister who is a midwife here in the UK. Oh, she's writing to us from the UK. I love that. Hiya. Hiya. You're right. You're right. Had to. You want to pop over? Um. She told me this fascinating but unbelievably sad story when I was telling her about your podcast. So a few years ago, back when my sister was a student midwife, she had a placement in her local hospital and had to spend time shadowing various departments as part of her training. One particular week, she had to spend time in the hospital mortuary where she had to observe the post-mortem, oh no, of a 20-week-old fetus which understandably she found quite difficult. This turned out to be a fairly quick process because they were operating on such a small baby. When they had finished, she noticed another body being worked on in the next bay and asked what had happened. See how I can't talk? It's also because I haven't eaten this morning. I need to tell you a story about Vegemite after this. Do you want something savoury? No. No. The pathologist asked if she'd like to see, to which she agreed, and he then explained the circumstances. It was the body of a man who rode a motorcycle and was involved in a fatal head-on collision. She couldn't see his face to tell his age as the scalp had been folded from the nape of his neck up over his skull. Uh, oh, she presumed this was in order to remove his brain. The pathologist then showed my sister his liver, which was in two pieces. She stated that this was the probable cause of death. Once the man's scalp was re- replaced a bit later, she noticed that he was very, very young, perhaps in his early 20s. Oh. Anyway, fast forward a few months, my sister was now shadowing a midwife in the maternity department and was looking after a woman who was in labor. She had her mum with her and she also noticed there were a few framed, oh no, framed photos of a man which had been placed close by. Tragically, she recognized the man as the young motorcyclist she'd seen in the mortuary previously. You're kidding. The lady had told another midwife that he was the baby's father and had been killed whilst riding to meet her for a baby scan. What the This really upset my sister and she struggled to focus on her job with this lady. Obviously, she never mentioned any of this to us at the time, but when we were talking about it, she said it has always stayed with her and that it's a constant reminder of how quickly life can change. And this is a really sad case, a rare example of life and death being so closely entwined. Sorry, this story is not so nice and a bit gory, but when she told me, it really blew me away. I feel like we're all blown away. And I thought it was one thing that was worth sharing. Thanks again for your pod and hope you both keep it going for a very long time to come. Kind regards, Dieter Struck. It will continue for a long time to come. I think so. But, but imagine that just spasmodically. That's spasmodically. And she's from, is it Leicestershire? Leicestershire. She's oh, I screaming. I have a clue. From the UK. Yeah, from the UK. Yes, broadly speaking. And that is such an incredible story. Isn't extraordinary? And how she wow. talks about the life and the death. Like yes. she saw that man in his death and then the next encounter that she has with him is his wife creating life. Yeah. Yeah. And such a small world. We do live in such a small world. Well, again, that's the thing. Again, we constantly get these reminders. Like you can't Mm. just talk about a dead body as though it's a thing and it didn't matter and the person is gone and they don't matter. Yeah. Everyone matters. If you've been on this earth, you're still somehow here, whether you're here in in real life or you're gone. Mm. Well, that's our... You don't want to do any more of these? Oh, Oh, from you're from acting like it's such, such a, a chore. bloody chore <laughs> to read these lovely bloody emails that people have written to us. Well, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> happy to read them. I'm Jeez. having this sort of weird 
guilt with it because they're a bit out of control and I've printed them Yeah, but they're out of control because it's our fault because we have not been up to date with them. But there's people who've been waiting a long time to have their feedback heard and I'm sorry that it hasn't always happened and so there's weirdness with it. Okay, this one's from Brenna. Uh, Hey ladies, nice things, nice things. A huge thank you for your podcast. A dear friend introduced me to you a few months ago and I only have about 20 episodes to go. See, I can't, I don't know the date. That was 16th of January, so she's probably up to date, I would imagine. Or checked out at episode 21. And Maybe she got over us. Why These moles aren't reading. Dark. Why is it getting so dark? It's cool. <laughs> uh, this same friend taught me to wear undies on the outside of my tights. What? Oh. Yes, as well as under them. Thank what? you. I used to do Oh, that. to keep them up? Yes. Oh. To prevent the super annoying creep down low crutch that you've spoken about. That's what you do. You wear another a second pair of undies on top of the tights. Would you get a keeps sw- them up. like? Would you get sweaty? Sweaty though. cooch. Yeah, yep. you get sweaty vagina though. You get that. Yep. <laughs> Nobody wants that. <laughs> no. uh, winner, she says. I am rationing dead bodies episodes now. Though I was <gasps> listening to your hilarious banter. I'll stop it, Brenna. Oh no! What we're we talking about? And fascinating stories is the only thing that gets me through when I go oh, okay. to the gym. Oh, okay. Listening to us at the gym. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I do. I do the pods when I walk. Yeah. Uh, here's something I want to say, just to, uh, in banter. It should have gone at the top, but I'm going to say it now. I'm so sick of podcasts plugging other podcasts. <laughs> oh, we don't do that here. Oh. We've done it once. I think we did it once. We'll never we, do it again. <laughs> we stopped. commercials. And I didn't like, want to do it that up. day, remember? I was dead yes. against it. You shut were against it. You. It was noted. <laughs> oh, no, I mean like ad ones. Oh, I don't mind if they say, oh, I've listened to them. That's okay because if I value their opinion. But no, we don't plug ads. anyone here. No one is listening to the ads in podcasts. We did plug no We one. Less, didn't we? We did. <laughs> we did without payment. Gee, we yes. plugged We Less. If Look, they're listening, I used to have cystitis all the time. Like I would constantly, I would get over it. I would have antibiotics. Would, and then suddenly I've got cystitis again. But no one it. sponsors us. We just do this. No, but do you know what? I, I just have a cranberry tablet every day. I get them at the chemist. Cranberry tablet what every are you day. Talking about? <laughs> that you don't have to buy whatever that product is. Just have a cranberry tablet. That'll do you. I've definitely bought things that I've heard on radio ads. A hundred percent, I have. But I'm very easily influenced. Yes. See, because I have to do the ads, and sometimes okay. I'll do one, and it's about something, you know. And then I have to do another one in the next minute. And it's the same people advertising a different version of that one. I think. Well, have you- what would this podcast advertise? Honestly. We talk about dead bodies, poo. We could do like a bowel awareness. A I bowel tampons awareness. Because there's tampons. been a bit of tampon talk. Dogs. Oranges. Well, dogs. Snack foods, even though we really snack haven't foods. got it. Tea. 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 We're big on mm. tea. Tea too should be sponsoring us because we've been their true. vanilla tea, the Melbourne yeah. blend. And so many. to that, uh, someone wrote in, they probably don't even listen anymore, and said uh, – the Madam the, Flavor one was good, yes. but it's not as good as Tito. I've gone back to Tito. Yeah. And Dilma, I've had a very good try at it with a rose one. Oh, but that's again, my people, so I don't know how you should be talking You know who else can sponsor us? Google. You don't own a home name. Google. We Google oh, yeah, everything. That is true. <laughs> yeah. We Google every seed. This is why Kirst is the producer because yeah. we were like, tea? What about oranges? And <laughs> she's like, guys, go, go to the tippy top. <laughs> Elon Musk is giving out money for stuff. I know. Reckon $44 could, billion. Dollars. He might like us. He probably would. Because mm. we're free speeching. He likes free he speech. Does. That's what he wants. All right. Read. All right. Back to Brenna. She says, I wanted to send a whole lot of love to Kirsten. Oh. <gasps> Having a baby is hard work. It's got about six A's in it. Hard yeah. work. And if I knew where you lived, I'd drop off a baggie of the murder cookies I made this morning. Delicious. <gasps> murder cookies? Well, we had. I think we shared the recipe once. Oh, yes. Murder cookies. Uh, the only dead body I've seen was my beautiful niece, Ellie. Oh, God. Mm. Who was stillborn. Oh, dear. Oh, oh side note. I, when I was looking around, because as you can see, with, you know, Lobster Boy, I was looking for bizarre stories. I've, I, found, I saw a story and then I couldn't find it again. And I'm going oh, to try that. and find it. It was some member of royalty who had a collection of stillborn babies, but in jars, oh. like preserved and babies with deformities. I don't know if I want to hear this because we know I love the Queen. I don't I love even her. talk about her. I love her. I'm sick of people referring to, here's what's going to happen when she dies. Oh, here's I what know. The Did you see her photo Stop with it. the ponies the other day? Yes. yes. What a bloody vision she is. Stop 
doing, telling us yeah. what's going to happen because I don't want to even know that yeah. that's going to Correct. happen. Correct. Thank you. I think of you every time I read a story about her oh, daily. love her. So I think about you every Thank day. Thank you. Um, dear, oh dear, little Ellie, stillborn. She would be turning four in March, so that's just passed. She mm. would have just had her fourth birthday. She was petite and perfect, and I'm so very grateful that we're able to spend some time with her. Dear, oh dear. Um, a big shout out to Still Aware and the work that they do to provide hospitals with cuddle cots. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Mm. I haven't heard of this. Beautiful yeah. little bassinets that keep the baby's bodies cold so that parents and other family members can spend more time with their baby. Yeah. It was so important for our family to be able to spend time with Ellie to create lifetime memories in a few short hours. I don't know how I can miss someone who I never knew so deeply. And while nothing takes away the pain of her loss, I am so grateful for the love that I feel for her every day. Oh, goodness me, Mm. Brenna. That is really sweet. What wonderful work those people do. Uh, Dilly, hoping you guys come back soon. Yes, we're back. Brenna, Brenna, that, that is so important. And that's why... I got so upset, and I know I've talked about it on the pop, but as I mentioned, my nephew committed suicide last year. Yes. And he was in one state. My His parents. That's right. My brother and sister-in-law were in another state. state. I was in another state. I mean, you know, I don't matter in this scenario, but they not only could not go to be with his yeah. body to say goodbye to him, they had to wait until they were given permission to go. And then Because of COVID to, lockdowns. Yeah, yeah, because of the lockdowns. And then they had to wait two weeks before they could go. To see him. Yeah, and my brother was unsure whether he wanted to see the body. Because I think you normally just think after two weeks – what is that body going to look like and do I want to remember them like that exactly that's it's that time that passes is so important and I know other people went through the same I'm not doing doing poor me and I know other people had to wait through similar situations definitely but I encourage them and it's so important I said just from what I have learned and you'll make your own decision but I have heard that it is incredibly important to say goodbye and also just to allow yourself to absorb the fact yeah they are they are dead that, yeah. they're, that they're gone because otherwise you can always have this idea of them yeah. alive. And did they? They did in the end, yeah. yeah. And, and Martin, I don't think he, I don't think he was thrilled, but he said it was really good for Karen, my sister-in-law. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brenna, I'm sorry for your loss. Yes, we um, are. Yeah. But Thank you for writing lovely? to us and sharing that Thank with us. Thank you for letting us know about it, It's so strange people. when I describe what we do on this podcast because we were meant to have a guest who has ghosted me. But anyway. Do you want to trash talk their name? No. They may come on they're, for Because they're really good and I want them to come on. Maybe they'll come in a future one. Yes. Play this bit to them. Yeah. <laughs> Tell them how hard. But do you know how weird it was explaining? So I was like, so um, like I'm a journalist and uh, Dee Dee's a journalist and she works in radio. I work in TV. So we have this podcast. We talk about dead bodies and Kirst is our producer and, and, try, and then sometimes there's banter and uh, we talk, we're happy about death, but we're not laughing at death, but uh, is, I couldn't explain what the we do. The trouble is though, I hate mysteries hate them i hate to not don't no don't tell me because i'm not going to tell you i'll try and put but it you're going to be mind. thinking that this interview if they decide to come on next episode is something so much bigger than what it is <laughs> i already have i already texted <laughs> yeah. this is how much i hate stuff and i can't say the name of the person but i had a theory that it it's, was it's, somebody who you come across in your day-to-day work it's not a person that you know person. okay no, would i know their name no oh okay that's good <laughs> I won't say the name. Who did you but, think it well, was? Well, it was quite a senior person. Who? In, no, I'm not going to say the name. <laughs> no. Brett Sutton. No. <laughs> For anyone. If, if you're not from Victoria, he's the chief, chief health officer Sure. Here. Um, people either loved or hated, hated. during yes. lockdown. Yes. He was quite a good looking guy, but yeah. at the same time, he kept us in lockdown a lot. And, a lot. And imposed a lot of rules that yeah. we hated the guts I had of. seen him. I saw him yesterday. I asked him, how's the hate going? And he was like, it's all over the shop. I was yeah. like, okay. Yeah, that's why I was. No. I had mixed feelings. What would Brett Sutton have to do with I dead don't know. bodies? Well, he's a medical person. I thought, oh, he'll have No, I'm so glad stuff. you thought of that because then if this person does come on, it's so much better than that. I'll show you. Is it? I'll yeah. Sh- my text. Oh, I have to show you something. Hang on in one second. So my text to Kirsten this morning said, hang on. Um, <laughs> if Chanel brings Brett Sutton now. on the show. Uh, I said, why do I have this weird feeling that Brett Sutton is <laughs> Chanel's special guest? <laughs> Don't tell me because I thought you would have told her. No. Uh, maybe tell me if it's not. It's making me anxious. Oh. <laughs> and she said to me, she hasn't told me anything. No. Just whether we can do a phone or not. Yeah. What makes you think it's the chief health officer? And I said, just weird vibe. <laughs> 
it doesn't really matter. And then I explained, you know, why I was, yeah. It is and not. I, but then I also said, I can play nice if it is. And now I just need to show you one thing because my daughter has asked me to show you. Okay. And I want everyone to look at it. The up, banter on please. this episode has really wild. blown up. <laughs> it has. We're nearly done. This is the last thing I promise. If you're on, I think it's Instagram. I don't know about TikTok. There is a golden retriever called Cooking With. <laughs> and it's a golden retriever that cooks. Can you read that little bar? I can. You need to cut this part out. No one <laughs> listening to the pod knows yeah. what's happening. You're just showing me videos now. Cooking with Badger, B-A-D-G-E-R. Okay. It's a golden retriever and he cooks and then okay. he presents the food to you. Right. And watch at the end when he serves it. Look, he gets some garlic bread. He's doing spaghetti okay. We need to end this. Yep. So Didi. Dee Dee needs to <laughs> he served it. Look. Okay, it's study Dee Dee needs to get a dog. We're very glad for all your and Look welcoming of your Cooking feedback. Badger. Look, this I'm is just gonna keep makes... talking over her until uh, this podcast ends. Now? Please send us your dead body stories. We love to hear from you. We're so excited to hear from you. Turn your damn phone off. <laughs> Cooking with Badger. Look it up on Insta. Dead Bodies is created by D.D. Dunleavy and Chanel Vela and produced by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com.